0: Hey guys welcome back to another episode of black girls talk where we talk about a lot of things sometimes they matter sometimes they don't but they're always entertaining
1: we're your host karelle and emily rose and this is the second part of the two-part series when we talk about mental health today we're going to be talking about parental expectations and the immigrant experience <laughs> And I wanted to talk about, because um, we talked about men a lot, I wanted to talk a bit about the concept of um, generational trauma and what that mm-hmm. means. And like, especially as people who like grew up with like first, I think it's first generation or second generation
0: immigrants. Like some people say second generation because like we were born, were you born here? No. Yes. Yeah, you were born here. Yeah. No, like, because we were born here technically. So like our parents would be the first generation. Yeah, the first they generation. Here. Yeah. So, technically like we're second gen. I've heard
1: first gen be used though like I But me too like it's like yeah, anyways so, you know, you'll you'll get the point but the concept of like being second generation immigrants is just so interesting cuz it's like you're dealing with this trauma you've never you can't even come close to understanding, you know, like you're dealing with this person who's been through all these situations where either they had dreams that they couldn't have, that they couldn't achieve because their parents didn't have the resources or like the process of immigrating in general was very traumatizing, the process of having to take care of your family, you know, all those things were very traumatizing. Oftentimes they don't want to recognize it, One, and two, they don't know how, like, to deal with you. You don't know how to deal with them because you'll never even come close to understanding what they're going through. So I feel like it creates this, like, huge disconnect. I haven't met many African parents that have recognized the trauma of their life experiences, and it would be very fascinating to meet some, but... I personally never have so I feel like that's always something that creates a sense of disconnect between like uh, like our sort of frustration actually extreme frustration between like African kids and their parents
0: the thing about intergenerational trauma is that most people don't recognize what is and is not real trauma let me not say real trauma because trauma can be different to everyone but what is and is not traumatic um Many things, like even little things, can cause trauma. Um, and I think we need to stop minimizing experiences and you know, using comparison as a tool to determine what is and is not um, a significant. Um, experience, right? Because just because, okay, you walked to school barefoot while lions were trying to jump on your head and, you know, like you had to go carry water from the well and back and you had to go plow the fields before you could go to school. Obviously, that was extremely traumatic for you. And like that contributed to the person you are now. But like that does not mean that the things that I'm going through are less traumatic, right? And so the constant action of minimizing so i feel like most parents do that and
1: as someone who's been very um I want to say radicalized in the last year in terms of like what it means to feel and what it means to like live life in general like what joy like you know the concept of joy success rest happiness what it means to um, create community what I want that community to look like I feel like that perspective has changed and is still changing a lot and there's still a lot of opportunity for change but I feel like when it comes to like immigrant parents is just like this is what happiness should look like this is how you should get there and once you've gotten there it is mandatory that you be happy even if you're not happy even Mm. if you're not genuinely happy you have to be happy because now life has given you a reason to be happy
0: exactly like I think that it's very difficult for parents to comprehend that um because they fought for this right you know we are the I am my ancestors' wildest dreams, you know? They fought for us to be literally exactly where we are. You know, we grew up in decent homes. We go to post secondary educations. We did not die. We are healthy. We have, we are essentially what our parents wanted us to be, kind of sort of, you know, with a little slight like degrees of variations yes. in it, but like <laughs> they, you know, in their eyes, they kind of gave us everything we need to be happy. Mm-hmm. And so in their eyes, they achieved the goal. And so the idea that like we are not happy or even they themselves sometimes aren't happy having achieved all that they've achieved, having achieved all that we've achieved isn't really, it doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's another component um, that's important. I feel like a lot of Africans... Um, are very analytical you know it's a logic thing you know yeah. logic says as you were saying logic says you need to be happy So that's it you have roof over he- your head clothes on your back you go you go to school you have a job you're set right you're, you those are the qualifications to be happy right yeah. so by that definition i am happy right and i think it's because like historically black people all over the world haven't really had time to like sit with their emotions and think about them You know, like your emotions are kind of were kind of dictated by your circumstances, right? So misery is only justified by like poverty, by by illness, by loss, you know, if you're in positive circumstances, then obviously your emotions should reflect those things, Mm -hmm. right? And so that notion has kind of been passed down from generations to generations, generations generations to generations. And even some people now still have that same mentality and will pass it on to their kids, right? And so I feel like it's things like that, of like, aspects like that of generational trauma that we really need to, like, pay attention to, you know? So it's not yeah. only things, obviously, um, there's things like, you know, ingrained white supremacy, you know, homophobic like, things of those nature. Obviously, those things are really important to, like, deconstruct. But I feel like it's also the more like nuanced aspects that people don't often think about that we should pay attention to because those are the ones that keep getting like passed down, you know?
1: The thing about like bringing logic to your feelings is something that I've done a lot. Like it's something that I really like recognize that sort of behavior of saying like, well, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. This situation I'm in, this is how I should be feeling about it. I feel like it's been like, this sort of coat of protection. Cause it's like, well, I should be happy right now. So this is what I choose. This is how I choose to feel because it protects you from feeling things that you don't fully understand. Mm-hmm. It protects you from having to get into why am I feeling like this? Why is this, this why is? Why this how I'm feeling? Like despite the fact that I'm in X situation I'm feeling like this, I don't like it and so instead of actually having to look into those feelings instead of having to feel difficult feelings that you know could potentially um get in the way of you finishing that paper for the next 20 minutes sure you're going to be crying shaking in your bed not finishing that paper not being productive but you're still going to be human feeling human emotions and that's something i've been working on a lot like trying to substitute logic because there are no logics to, there's no logic to feelings, you know? Like you don't, happiness is not a choice and happiness is not like, should not be like this side thing that's like, like true, the concept of true happiness shouldn't be the side thing that's just for white people. I feel like African communities treat like, or like in our case, like West African communities treat happiness as if it's this thing that's just like an extra like, as if true happiness, like the concept of true happiness is just like this extra. Like, right now, I could be talking about how uni's hard and how I want to quit, how I hate it here. And then they'll be like, oh, why are you thinking about that now? You're going to be happy when you have kids, when you have work, mm. when you're married, da 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 da. Delayed it's gratification. Things. Yeah, this concept of delayed gratification where I need to wait until I'm at X point in my life to actually feel joy. Oh my you know, God. right now you like okay, you feel joy right now. Why are you going out with your friends right now? Okay. Why are you spending time with people right now? Why are you doing this right now? You're gonna do this when you're 30. And by the time, no. time I'm 30, I'm getting pressured to have four kids, girl. First.
0: No, because why is it that in African households there's a limit on the amount of fun you can have? Exactly. Why is it I go out today and then lim- go out tomorrow? Exactly. Sir? And the limit
1: only applies to like kids, right? Because it's like, our joy, it's like, oh, when you're going to be out of my house, you can do what you want. But joy isn't something you can feel right now. Like, you know, happiness is not something like you're not allowed to, like socialization, you know, experiencing all these good things is something that you can experience when you're an adult, when you studied, when you're married, when you have kids, when you're making money, you know, you need to check all these boxes before you can actually do anything for
0: yourself. This idea of constantly postponing your life, Mm -hmm. you know, like to focus on, you know, achieving concrete now, concrete things now and then abstract things like fun and happiness and joy and love can come later, you know, focus on your books, get your degree, get your money, get your house, and then you can worry about whether or not you've had fun, then you can worry about whether or not you have friends. But it's like, what is the point of life if you're constantly just postponing your happiness and Literally. i know that that's like a very privileged standpoint to take um but like why would you spend your entire life working towards something and never utilizing it so say you spend your entire life working towards becoming a lawyer yeah Boom. When you're a lawyer, lawyers don't just vacation because they have money. Like lawyers work long ass hours. Doctors work long ass hours there. You know, so you've done all of this. Right. And then now that you're here, you can't even enjoy it. You know, there's no joy in the process, according to like African parent theology. You know, there's no room to have small, small enjoyment. You know, Mm -hmm. you always have to be focused and determined or else, you know, you might fail. You know, because there's this huge fear of failure, right? Because failure is the worst thing that could ever possibly happen to somebody ever. And there's no one who's ever failed in the history of life ever, <laughs> you know, because
1: is... everyone was top of the class.
0: Every, everybody was top of their class. <laughs> everybody came to school with one pencil and one notebook, but they were top. Every every single parent was top of their class. Every single parent was cl- the most cleanly kid. Every single parent was the most respectful you know what i mean like i also struggled with that a lot with the idea of constantly living for the future Mm -hmm. you know so the idea of like okay i'm miserable now but it's okay because in five years i'll be happy okay i'm Mm -hmm. miserable now but in 10 years i'll be happy and it's like if you keep postponing your happiness you'll never actually be happy
1: Nope. you know like
0: especially
1: like especially if you get to the point where you've reached that level you've checked all those boxes And you're like, I'm not happy. This is like, because when you actually never give yourself the chance to feel happiness, you also don't give yourself the chance to figure out what makes you happy. Mm. so you're just doing all these things going through all the motions doing all these things people are telling you are going to make you happy you're getting the degrees you're marrying the man you're having the kids you're living in this place and then boom you're here and then everybody else's idea of happiness doesn't actually reflect what you want no shit because you never actually took the time to say this is what makes me happy this is what doesn't make me happy because you're told that happiness is going to come later after you do all these things that people are telling you to do you know you're going through the med schools you're going to the the law schools you're going to get that mba and then boom you've got it and you're not happy you're working long hours you never have free time then people are pressuring you to have kids telling you oh once you have kids you'll be happy okay now Mm -hmm. you have kids now you're taking care of a nigga 24 7 (laughs)
0: like there's never a point in time where you're able to enjoy your experience until your kids are fully grown and out of the house like the fuck like, you think I'm going to work hard consecutively nonstop for 40 fucking years? Are you insane? Like, 40 I'm, years. That's assuming kids leave the house at food
1: when you're 40. At,
0: at, like, that's just no. The no, like, as you said, going through the motions and constantly postponing happiness doesn't allow for like self discovery or change, mm. really. Um, because I think it's really interesting how, for like white kids, I don't know why I whispered that, like they can hear me, white children. <laughs> um, the Their, their 20s is kind of like a time of discovery. Mm-hmm. You know, like you often hear people tell the tale of their 20s, like, oh, I was like an artist and I was like a barista and I was a waiter, you know, I was in between jobs, I was sleeping on friends' couches, whatever, whatever, kind of just figuring it out. And like they tell it like it was the best time of their lives, you know, but it's like we don't really have that option, no. you know? If I was, because it's not the story to tell. If I was 25 t- and mm. I was still unemployed and I was just, like, sleeping on my friend's couches and I was trying to figure it out, my parents would be so ashamed of me. My parents would act, act like I don't is, exist. the thing is, 25 is not even old. <laughs> like, 25, like, it's not like I'm, like, 25 is not even old. Like I mean, when you
1: take into account the things they were doing when they were 25 or the things, like, at least, like, back in Cameroon, for example... Like, yo, some people are, like, parents to, like, 10-year-old kids at 25.
0: I believe so, my parents, that's not happening. I said, if y'all see a child out of me before the age of 28, even then, y'all be, yo. Get help. Y- mm, I'm, <laughs> like, no, but just, like, white people kind of have the freedom to fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, obviously, not all white people, because class is a thing, you know? Yes. But like middle class white people, most middle class white people and above above have the liberty to kind of just do what they please until they actually figure out what they like and then Mm. figure out how to make money from what they like. Whereas Mm. most like minority groups are kind of just like forced or pressured more so to kind of just like work, work, work until they're in a career where they're making a lot of money does it? do they like it who
1: gives a shit who cares because there's food on the
0: table and there's a roof over your head and your parents should be happy about it your parents say you're oh my my daughter's a doctor oh she's a teacher oh she's a lawyer oh she's a this Mm -hmm. you know like
1: but i always say like when like when those conversations come up i always say that at the end of the day there's no one that's going to be living your life outside of you yeah so like there's no one that's going to be going to you like to your little law cases with you like no one's going to be going to work with you every day no one's going to wake up and take care of your child like everyone's that's pressuring you to going through like to go through a certain path telling you this is how you're going to achieve happiness this is how you're going to achieve satisfaction and oftentimes the biggest tool to like make you do certain things is shame because like for example i'm someone who talks about wanting kids right but in reality, I feel like if shame didn't exist when it comes to, like, not wanting kids, I would have already said straight up, like, I don't, like, these niggas are so fucking annoying. You know? No, Yo,
0: <laughs> baby. No one wants a fucking baby. I'm the so best. sorry. <laughs> there, like, maybe you want kids, but there's no one who's excited at the prospect of being awakened at four in the fucking morning by a creature that you cannot even communicate with. There's no way. I'm so sorry, like... Ugh, like, like let's not lie like sure they're cute sometimes but it's like this nigga is spitting on you, pooing on you
1: Ooh. the best part of kids like the best part of like hanging out with other people's kids is that you can hand them back when you're done the <laughs> second a child starts crying oh tata oh voilà ton enfant I actually didn't know that it was a thing that some people like continue to hold the baby when the baby's crying I didn't know that was a thing. Apparently, that's a thing. Like, some parents get annoyed that people are still holding their kids when their kid, like, just starts crying and clearly just wants milk. Not me. Not me. Invite me to come take care of your kids. I'll return that shit the minute it starts wailing.
0: I, the way I see parenting, like, this is, like, a side note. I've always, like, I don't understand why parents wake up in the middle of the night to go, like, carry the baby, you know? Because it's, like, if the child has been fed... And if the child has not like defecated itself, uh, leave that over are, there.
1: People are mm-hmm. saying the cry, the cry it out method is traumatizing. People are saying that's not a good
0: thing to do. So, I'm so sorry. That's like. I don't, como se dice, give a fuck. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, genre, because no, because there comes a point where on abuse, genre, like say. A bitch is it's tired. Uh, no, but it's a night. Yeah. One person, I feel like there's only so many times. I can get up and carry you before I'm like, okay, relax. (laughs) Like maybe in a night, like I'll carry you off once or twice. Is it every time that you cry, I'm going to now get up and do the and sing you a song and I have to go to work in the morning?
1: Let's not. Like, that's the thing. Like, I feel like a lot of the things that we're told are going to bring us satisfaction and joy. We don't actually think through whether or not we're actually going to feel satisfaction and joy. That's how you end up with people who hate their jobs. That's how you end up with parents who hate it hate- here. Like who Yo, hate being parents. I, I but I'm think, so Yo. happy
0: that there are some people who say it though. Like that girl yes. on TikTok who's like, I'm a mom. And if I have to do it again, I would not. I was mm-hmm. like, damn. Like when your kids see that, they're finna cry. But at but least you're you were me. honest. You're helping me. Because can you imagine? Because kids are forever like once you have kids like you're forever a parent so like and no thing too.
1: like being responsible as someone who's dealing with like growing up with my parents it's like what is my kid going to like when my kid's gonna go to therapy and talk shit about me what's he gonna say what, what are they what, what, like, what, what are they, they gonna, gonna say like <laughs> that's the thing like I know one way or another you know i'm gonna fail my kid that's that's simply the reality of things mm-hmm. but how am i gonna do that and that's so scary to think about like being responsible for the entirety of someone's making to the point that even like their mental health you play this really crucial part this crucial part of like i don't know if that's a role i see myself right. playing right now like you made this person from scratch
0: no you <laughs> like, literally like
1: even parts of her
0: personality or like different characteristics that we have that like you would never be like, oh, that's, I got it from my mom. Like your parents literally like bred that into you when you were like an infant. And like kids, when they're younger,
1: most of their behavior are simply responses to things that are happening. Like they're not, you know, like a lot of times the things that they're doing are simply just responses to things that are happening. They're literally just feeling all the time, you know? and like dealing with that as an adult is hard dealing with that like the whole ass child girl
0: yeah no personally me right now shout out to everyone who has kids under the age of 20 because i don't know how y'all do (laughs) that um y'all who are trying to bamboozle us into having kids young we see you and I don't believe you it can't be fun I'm sorry like everyone like the whole like young parent brigade on TikTok trying to like coerce us into coerce us into having kids like when I'm 30 I'll be at the bars with my kid good for you I don't care yeah I'm gonna spend my years of bar youth
1: asleep and having fun yeah, I'm not drinking with my spawn. Thank I'm, you.
0: Like, Thank why you. would you want it? Anyways, that's like a huge tangent. I just don't yes, understand why you would but, want to deal with that. But like mental health, I feel like mental
1: health in kids is also something that parents underestimate. Like, <laughs> because kids, um, like kids get parentified. Oftentimes, like our immigrant parents got parentified and they got given like the roles of grown ass adults when they were like mm-hmm. five, you know? So they think that kids are a lot more intelligent that they are are able to do a lot more than they actually are capable of doing and so like when kids will do something they'll think like parents parents I feel like think that kids have a sense of morality
0: that See? they can tell
1: right from wrong and I feel like there's situations where kids can but I feel like there are a lot of situations where kids simply like need to have it be told to them or explained to them better
0: There's this like paradox that a lot of African parents have, which I think is really interesting. The kind of like dichotomy between treating your child like a baby all the time and treating them like they're grown, like simultaneously, like especially as like the eldest daughter, right? You are simultaneously treated as like you need to be, you know, you're the second mom. You need to be taking care of your siblings. You need to, if I'm not there, like you need to be making food for them. You need to be making sure they're okay, whatever, whatever. But then simultaneously being like infantilized. So it's like, you're not allowed to make your own decisions. Mm -hmm. You don't really control your life. You can't really. So it's like, which one is it? Am I an adult? Mm -hmm. Or am I a child? This is actually a
1: discussion I've had with my parents. The concept of when you want me to work, you want me to be a parent. Mm. But when you want me to obey, when you want to restrict me, then you want me to be a child. A child. You can't be calling me maman just to make me do labor. Like, Yo. no, <laughs> like you can leave me alone. Like you're either the kid or the, I'm either the kid or the parent. You're going to tell, you're going to give me a curfew. You can't be after then like, oh, you need to be doing this, that for your siblings. Nah, nah, nah. No, we can't be having both. No, no, we, can't we be cannot. Like can't I'm going to be... play either role, but I'm not going to be playing the role you want me to play when it's convenient for you.
0: It can't be oh i thought you were more mature than this but also we are your parents and we know better which one is it <laughs> do you know better than me or am i capable of making my own decisions which one is it Definitely. like mm-hmm. and then that's another thing that plays into the whole thing of like you know as like an adult now being like insecure about choices that i'm making cuz it's like now i don't need to like turn my head every two seconds and like ask before i do something you know now it's kind of just like my judgment Mm-hmm. you know and so there's this kind of like whole thing of like in my head I'm constantly thinking it's it. like would my parents be proud of this decision what would my mom say if she was here wah, wah. and it's like I feel like that's not normal like no. I'm kind of like scared of my parents and like we're not even like that we are not in the same province <laughs> like yeah like I was think I was thinking about
1: that a lot how I have a really hard time doing things that I don't feel my parents will agree to like I don't if I don't 100% feel like I'm gonna have my parents support on it it's just so hard to do and they'll they'll say it's a good thing <laughs> but it's also like I want to be able to exist as my own person and do these things on my own like like even my tattoo for example like what are they gonna do in reality so I don't know you
0: that? have a tattoo yeah a tattoo. did you tell me this you did tell yeah, me this. the sun
1: the sun on my oh, okay face. no in my
0: brain I thought of a sun okay yeah yeah I knew <laughs> that I knew that
1: yeah like my tattoo for example in reality what are they gonna do you know like it's not something like it's not bad it's not like I put like a big old fuck you on my vagina like I didn't do anything horrid you know it's a cute nice innocent tattoo but it's like knowing that there's a chance that they could not like it like not even like disapprove or hate me just not like it puts me in this state of anxiety
0: bro that's literally the reason I haven't like done anything yet like I've been wanting to get like something, you know, I was like, oh, nose piercing, tattoo, ear piercing, like yeah, that's what some thinking. type of Please. statement, you know, but like mm. in my brain, I'm always going to be like, ah, but when I go home, what are my parents going to say? Yeah. Even though like in the grand span of like, it, like of the year, how many, how much time do I actually spend like home, home versus how much time I spend by myself? But every time I think of doing a thing like a, like a big change to my life, what are my parents going to say when they see it? How are they going to feel about it? What are their friends going to say when they see it? How (laughs) is it going to affect that? Like, literally, like, that whole, like, ripple effect goes through my brain. Literally, even every time I post, like, on Instagram, like, I think I'm like, okay, what if somebody sees this and shows it to my parent? How am I going to feel about them seeing that post? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like me having my dad on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, because my mom, my mom follows me.
1: Yeah.
0: My mom (laughs) 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 follows (laughs) me. So like I think about that and I'm like and like even if I go like if I want to do college stuff so it's like if I want to go to a party or just want to mm-hmm. go out and it's late I'm thinking what would my mom say if she saw me leaving my house at 1am yeah.
1: what would my mom like you know what I mean like honestly me not going to parties or me not having gone to a party since I got here has been one of the reasons why my anxiety is not as high as it is. It has helped reduce my anxiety because I'm dealing with school, right? Dealing with school, dealing with work, dealing with volunteering, like a girl's got a lot of her plate. But also doing things that my parents would approve of has also been helping keeping my, like, keeping my anxiety at a certain level. And I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I hate that it's the only thing keeping me going. But honestly, like I'm trying to... Uh, I'm really trying to, like, unlearn that concept. Like, that's one of my biggest things moving forward, working on my mental health and all that. Just trying to accept that look. Like, there's some people who do it so well. Some people who can literally just come with holes in their faces and they just, like, they know their parents are going to scream
0: and they just do it. (laughs) I wish. I... Oh, I wish. I feel like I'm slowly trying to, like, free myself from the chains. No, I'm, like, slowly trying to, like, break away, like, and do things because i want to do them and because i like um so it's like um what's it called um my program at university that was revolution step number one really um bro they were like what what is sociology what are yeah. you gonna do with that degree what is that program yeah. what they were using you as an example too eh they're like yeah karen she's going to go study criminology you know girl like, that's the same that thing is something. and i was like bro is mcgill does have a criminology program and they're like then why don't you go to carlton they're giving you you should go to <laughs> carlton and i was like i'm not doing that i was like First i want to go to mcgill criminology and sociology is the same thing oh i just exposed our schools i should not have done that bye bye you should take that part out yeah <laughs> you should,
1: yeah um, i was gonna go find me on
0: campus yeah <laughs> um <laughs> um a my girl came up to in me in my class bio. she was like oh i saw you on tiktok i said huh she's like yeah your podcast i was like "Ooh, Ooh. but that's cool though reach yeah, but like like, oh, my God, I saw your Solon YouTube video. I said, ooh. It's like, yeah, I don't know a single person in Solon who hasn't watched it. Even my roommate, one of my roommates, because she's a first year. She's like, yeah, one of my friends who lives in Solon. And, like, they said that everyone's watched your video and whatever. whatever, And I was like, and he came up. He's like, oh, my God, it was your video. Like, I love your channel. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) it's not the point. The point is you need to cut out our schools because it can't be us having the school's name in there. But it's like, yeah, like, you know, like, Karen is doing this. Like, why are you doing this program? It's not useful. And, you know, and I was like, listen, man, it's what I want to do. I'm going to do it. And I'm going six hours away to do this program that I could do 45 minutes away. But I'm not going to do that. So um, that was step one. And wow. even to this day, they keep bringing it up. They're like, every time. So it's like, for example, like when they were moving me in or like last year when like they moved me out, they are like, oh, like, if you want to like, this school like we wouldn't have had to do all this like we wouldn't have had to make this big trip like it wouldn't be that far. i was like okay literally the
1: only reason i managed to convince my parents to let me go here is because i was scholarship that covers most of my tuition (laughs) like this was not revolutionary at all actually me moving here like actually no like there are multiple reasons why me moving here wasn't even revolutionary at all like i haven't done any i haven't made any big like revolutionary moves besides like in public like out in the open besides like getting in a relationship uh-huh. that was my big move and that, that big move lasted like what a couple months because the space between me telling my parents and the relationship ending <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it was just like that was my biggest
0: revolutionary move and yeah no, i said against all common sense i said i'm coming to this school i'll go fuck <laughs> yeah. Logic dictate like if someone had made like a logical like pros cons list weighing like all of the schools that I was accepted to logically I wouldn't be here the fuck like it literally makes no sense for me to be here, but I said the school I want to go to and I'm going to go there and I came Mm -hmm. here and I like every time I think about this this is like a big tangent but it's like but I think it was also like a mental health thing because it's like I knew that like if I went to school either one close to home or too close to too many people that I knew that I wouldn't, like, get the, like, that I wouldn't get the things that I wanted to get out of university. Mm -hmm. So that's why I didn't pick a school where, like, I knew bare people would go, or I knew bare people in the city, or I didn't stay too close to home because I knew that, like, one, if I stayed home, girl, that would have been horrendous for me. Like, I'm so... Free (laughs) Emily. Free Emily. (laughs) no no not because it's like my parents are great people obviously I'm not saying this like bash but it's like they're like strict in the sense that even now like when I go home before I go out like I have to ask them if I come home late it's a problem like Mm. and I'm like I'm in like you like I wouldn't be able to like live my university life if I was constantly like worried about things like that Mm -hmm. and it's like the being away from like anything familiar also like forced me to create kind of new social structures and like interact with like different groups of people and like kind of figure myself out more as a person Mm -hmm. and so like that's also been good for um my mental health it can also sometimes be isolating um to be away from most things that are familiar to you you know but like I think that after a while I think it gets because like last year there was a period of time I went through it but I feel like once you make like key I feel like once you figure out kind of your not your support system or it's like once you find your people I think like things change significantly Mm -hmm. at least for me they did
1: I feel like we need to be given more opportunities to redefine happiness Mm. And I feel like that was your opportunity to kind of redefine what it means to be happy. Like, it's not just uh, doing what is essential and doing what is, what feels, you know, like what makes one plus one equal two, but it's also like what makes me feel like I'm in a space where I can be who I am and accomplish what I want to come closer to becoming the person I want to be that's independent from like external Mm. expectations. And i feel like that's a concept that's very foreign that's still very foreign that's like but why would you do this like can, shouldn't you be happy with that you know and all that's all that shit i feel like it's really hard to fully reconcile with the idea of the unknown and sometimes just wanting to look for something that makes you feel how you want to feel without necessarily knowing where it's gonna go yeah mm-hmm. and i think that's where we're gonna end it tonight
0: that was a beautiful little conclusion
1: Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our latest episode. We really enjoyed recording this. So we hope you guys enjoyed listening. Make sure to tell us what you think by interacting with our social media down in the description. And we hope to see you guys next time. Bye.